What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show, the podcast. It is Tuesday, so you get to hear my voice again. Spoiler alert for everybody watching on YouTube. You will see me wearing this exact same outfit in every video on YouTube this week. I am bulk recording today as I was gone for the weekend at my cousin's wedding. Uh, so I'm back, and now that means I have to do everything at once. But that's okay. We have fun with the content regardless. Uh, welcome back to the show, the podcast. Thank you guys for coming back for another week. I appreciate you all. Uh, we are on the move on YouTube, so make sure you're hitting that subscribe button. Spotify, Apple, you guys continue to kill it. Leave a five-star review. I feel like I haven't have, I haven't said that in a while. Um, but go ahead, leave a review. They're fun. They're cool. They don't take much time. Uh, we have an exciting episode coming up next week. I don't want to spoil it yet. I am recording it the night you're listening to this podcast, assuming all has gone to plan. It is going to be a banger. It features a very special guest. A very special guest who I am stunned responded to my outreach. This is a can't-miss episode coming up next week. I promise you, this is not me jerking your gherkin. It's a big fucking deal. At least for me. It's a cool fucking episode. So make sure you guys come back next week, as always, and watch. Uh, but today, let's, matters at hand. Today, we're in the present. I figured with set one winding down, we're almost at the end of set one. It's kind of crazy that we're this far into the game already. Um, it'd be a good time to talk about 10 underrated players from set one that I don't think get enough usage, uh, at least in my experience, or enough praise. Like, people don't talk about it. Not every player is at the point where I'm at in the game, or others at... I actually feel like I'm behind in the game, which is weird for me, because I try to stay ahead. There are so many other people who are farther along with their collections than I am. Uh, but I'm, I, I've still played enough, especially BR, to have experienced a lot of these cards. So today we're going to talk about cards, in my opinion, 10 of them, hitters specifically, that I think are underrated. Does that mean they're on your god squad? That's up to you to decide. Uh, but at least they should not be overlooked in BR drafts, in event lineup construction, things of that nature. Cards you should not just scoff at, S-C-O-F-F-S-A-T, word of the day, uh, or of the episode. And uh, cards you should at least consider. All right, so let's let's not waste time. Let's hop right in. Thank you guys for being here. Oh, that's playing for some reason. If you guys are um, listening, you have no idea what I'm talking about, but the YouTube watchers will know. For some reason, whenever I change scenes on my stream deck, our uh, home run animation plays. Not sure why. Uh, okay, so for the listeners, I have on my screen the inventory screen. Okay, so I'm actually going to drop the game volume just a little bit so it doesn't overpower me here. And we're going to go first to the Yankees, not because I'm a Yankee homer, but that just happens to be the first card that I did when I went through this list. Uh, now, full disclaimer, I don't own every single one of these cards. I've been pretty picky and choosy with the cards that I lock into collections, sell, buy, etc. But I've used, I think, all of them. I, th I have used, or no, I've used almost all of them, I think. If I haven't used them, I've, you know, it, it, I still understand why. D just shut up, alright? Just, just let me talk. Um... Franchi Cordero, tops now, right fielder, 93 overall, Franchi Cordero. As free as free can be. He's a tops now card. You can get him really, really easy. And if you want to get the lightning card, you already have him. You have to have him. So, you look at this card and you're like, why on God's green earth do you think it's underrated, idiot content creator? A couple things. We're going to take a holistic approach to looking at this because I think that's the best way to do it. Right field, so what? He also plays first, short, left, and center. That's a lot of positional flexibility. 
When we're talking about God Squad, this card is probably not starting for you. However, given his defensive flexibility with 75 fielding, it's not great, but it's not terrible. And even with the, the I'm sorry, 74 fielding, I have him P1. But if you get him to P1, he's still a 70 at his secondaries. Uh, he has 81 speed off the rip. That's really good. His left-handed swing is phenomenal, in my opinion. Love his swing so, so much. Here's the important part. The reason he is, in my opinion, a decent God Squad bench bat for players who maybe don't have all of the high-tier cards yet. He's 101 contact, or 100 contact, right? I'm going to try to subtract the parallel. If I forget, you know it's in the ballpark. 100 contact right, 107 power right base. Those numbers are fine. But 120 clutch. If you bring him off the bench with a runner on second or third, a runner in scoring position, his contact becomes 120. As a bench bat with that kind of swing? Whoo! It's a good bench bat, boys and girls. Listen, it's free. It's underrated. I don't see people ever using it, even when I was playing on the low difficulties when this card first came out. Also, I enjoy the card quite a bit. This is all Battle Royale, maybe in a batter in a batter two or in, in events. I am hitting in 13 at-bats, 769 with five home runs. He is 10 for 13 with five homers, two doubles, and a triple. And for those who can't do math, sometimes myself included, that is eight extra base hits out of 10 hits. Eight extra base hits in 13 at-bats. This guy's swing is electric. He can somehow play shortstop, which I don't understand because I've never seen him do it. But Franchi Cordero fits the bill of underrated, right? We're talking about cards that you wouldn't normally think of. Bing, bang, boozle. Here's Franchi Cordero. All right, let's move on. And I actually don't know. I think he's a brewer, this next guy. That's a that's a hard guess, but we're going to we're going to roll with it. All right, let, let's see how close we get. I'm pretty sure he's a brewer. Oh, ouchies, he's not. What, is he a free agent? All right, hold on, I'm sorry. It's a World Baseball Classic guy. Um, why did I think you, did he get, oh, is he a Ray? Is he a Tampa Bay Ray? That's gonna make me upset. We're, if, if he's not on the Brewers, Rays, or the free agents, we're just gonna search his name. Yeah, we're just gonna search his name. What team is this son of a bitch on? Um, it's Harry Ford, boys and girls. We're looking for Harry Ford. Harry Ford is a Mariner. I'm sorry, Mariners fans. I'm sorry. I don't know why my brain went to the Brewers and then the Rays, but a Mariner. Now, if you guys have been listening for the life cycle of MLB The Show 23, I'm sure at some point you've heard me wax poetic about Harry Ford. I actually really like this guy. He's probably better for early in the game, but I still think he's a viable catcher. Catcher is not a position easily filled, really, ever. You have Jorge Posada, who I use. You have JT Realmuto, who's very expensive. Johnny Bench kind of sucks this year. Salvador Perez is affordable, but, like, maybe you want to use somebody else. Kensuke Kondo gets a little played out. Plus, he's a lefty, and there are already a lot of lefty bats. I can go on and on here. Harry Ford, a Mariners prospect. Thank you very much. I knew that, of course. Uh, Harry Ford's excellent. I have him at P3. And none of his stats really wow you. As a catcher, you can be wowed by the base 81 speed, of course. Uh, base 88 arm is very good. 75 fielding for a catcher is, it doesn't really matter a ton. I'm more concerned with the arm strength, the blocking, which is an 82. That's pretty good. Uh, 105 clutch is higher than both of his contact ratings, so that's fantastic. 
100 power, 94, 100 power right, rather, sorry, 94 power left. I just like his compact little strike zone. He's 5'10", he's a tiny little fella. I like his compact strike zone, and I like his swing. I think a lot of times with these underrated cards, it they don't get a lot of play because their attributes don't pop off the page. But sometimes the attributes can be outweighed by the swing and just the comfortability you have with the card, right? Because it's not always about the attributes. We talk about that sometimes. I am hitting an 85 at-bats, 87 plate appearances, 424, a 437 on base with seven ding-dongs, nine doubles, one triple. That's an OPS of 1237. It's not a great OPS, but he's not a power hitter. He gets a lot of singles, and I'm fine with that. He keeps the line moving. Um, Harry Ford is a budget catcher. I think, wasn't he also exceptionally free? I think he's from the World Baseball Classic program. So not all of the guys I'm about to talk about are free. Some of them do require some stubbage. I think a lot of them are going to be free. Just some grinding involved. Um, But when they're free, give them an effing shot. You already have them in the inventory. You might as well try it. Let's move on to the next one. The next one, I know for a fact what team he's on. I forgot to undo Ford. There we go. Uh, Curtis Mead. Curtis, Curtis Mead. Excuse me, I burped. He is a Tampa Bay Rays second base prospect. He can also play first and third. First glance at this card, if you're not seeing it before, I have him at P1, so again, I'll play the subtraction game. 73 speed, 79 fielding, so 80 field at P1. That's pretty good. Uh, And at second base, you don't need the arm strength, but he does start out at 75, so that's nice. Clutch on this card isn't great. It's an 82. That could be problematic. But as a base card, excuse me, 108 contact right, 114 contact left, 94 power right, 98 power left. I love cards built this way. We talked about that a lot last year. I feel like not as much this year. But cards built with contacts in that range and then in that 90 to 100 power range, think like it's like a diet Wade Boggs in a way. Like his power plays higher than what the attributes are because his contact's nice, his vision's pretty good, and he just has a nice swing. Now, I made a TikTok about this guy. You, if you're not on TikTok, you might not have, might not have seen it, uh, and that's offensive to me. I'm just kidding, but go find me on TikTok, KDJTV611. Uh, he kind of stands in the batter's box doing like the hokey pokey. You know, like he's, he's moving, gyrating his hips. He's batting like this. It shouldn't throw you off. Because his swing is really nice. The first couple times it might like catch your eye, but like don't pay attention to it. I enjoy Curtis Mead. Just because he tiptoed tap dances in the batter's box doesn't mean his actual swing swing path is crappy. It's not. It's good. Now, this is all BR for me. When I see him in BR, I take him because I quite enjoy him. He's hitting 528 at-bats with three homers, 16 RBI, five doubles, two triples. Um, He plays more of a gap-to-gap power guy, at least in my experience. It might be different for you. Uh, But he's also from Australia. Not going to do that accent again. Uh, That doesn't make him a better card. It just makes it a cool story. I enjoy Curtis Mead. I think he's underrated. And he's not free, but he's if you buy now, he's 27,000. Like, that's, that's pretty attainable. If you're focusing on doing the set one collection, you might already have him because he's one of the cheaper uh, 90 plus diamonds you can purchase. Uh, Maybe you pulled whatever pack he came from, got unlucky and got him. But Curtis Mead's a decent card and second base is a weird position, right? Like maybe you're playing Trey Turner there. Maybe you're playing Trey Turner at short because you don't have Jeter yet. Uh, Maybe you don't hit well with Cano. Maybe Ozzy Albies doesn't interest you. You know, there, there are definitely options, but... 
second base can be wide open. So I think Curtis Mead is viable. If you get onto higher difficulties, we're talking Hall of Fame and above, he loses a lot of that luster. But if you're someone who's an all-star guy and there's no or, or girl, and there's no problem with that, Curtis Mead's a very good option. His attributes will play just fine on that difficulty. Next up, we're going to talk another second baseman, just because, as I said, it's it's kind of a... Uh, a shallow might not be the right word, but it's not a position that's really, like, wowing me right now. Uh, it's Jeff McNeil. This might not be a great secret. If you watch Ochev, either his YouTube or Twitch, uh, Jeff McNeil's his God Squad second baseman, and he's a top 50 player every time he tries to be. Um... I still think Jeff McNeil doesn't get, like, wider praise. He's 99 in the field, and he plays every corner, first, third, left, right, plus obviously his primary of second. So he's going to be a demon in the field at every position. 82 arm as base is pretty good, especially at first and third base. Second base, too, is, uh, clearly. Maybe you want a little more arm in the outfield. I don't know if I'd ever start him in the outfield, but if you use him as a bench piece, he could play a lot of places. 66 speed, he's not going to wow you on the bases, but he also probably won't hurt you. I wish his powers were a little higher. That would make him a no-doubt start, in my opinion, but he's got 115 contact right, 113 contact left to start. I love that that is similar. I love that he does not have a clear platoon disadvantage. 71 power right, 61 power left. That's where the platoon disadvantage comes in, but either way, he's not hitting for power. He's a doubles hitter regardless. He's even more of a slappy singles hitter. 111 vision is a great starting point, and 111 clutch is a great starting point. Which means when there's runners on base, there will virtually be no difference between his contact and clutch rating. You're going to have the same hitter at the plate no matter what. I like that. Um, plus, if don't ever bunt, please. Please, God, don't ever bunt. But if you have to, and it's an emergency, he's got 72 bunting if you really got to lay one down. Of course, he's also bunting in his charisma card, so there you go. Uh, I think this card is viable. I think it's more than viable. I think if you really want to start a second baseman that's not one of the meta guys, Jeff McNeil should be your guy. I think he's underrated, and I think it's fair to say that. Maybe he's losing some of that underratedness, because the more Ochev uses him, the more others will too. Uh, but for now, in my opinion, I'm going to count him as an underrated hitter in the game so far. Our journey through the underrated cards takes us to the Angels next. Taylor Ward. This 97 overall Taylor Ward doesn't scream anything good. 99 arm is obviously phenomenal. 86 in the field and right field is great. He can play third, left, and center, plus 92 speed is actually really sneaky. You look at his hitting. 108 clutch is his best number. And that's not incredible. It's good. It's very good. It's not incredible. It's higher than both of his contacts, which are 97. Both of them are 97. 94 power right, 70 power left. That's a big oopsie poopsie. Not good. I have three online at-bats with this card in which I've hit exactly zero. I've gotten nothing. But the reason this card is underrated, I want to show you why. His live series card has become, for me, a no-doubt, all-the-time, can't-miss, must-draft card in Battle Royale. Take that 97 and just scale it back. He's got the same build. His contact versus right and left is virtually the same. The power right is at you know, relatively the same number. The power left is at the same drop-off from power right versus power left on the other card. However, in 82 at-bats, I'm hitting 646. Let me say it again. 646 with seven homers, 15 doubles, and two triples. This guy is a machine. I want to also note, I don't think this card has been supercharged this year. So all of that is just with his base card. 
Something about his swing just produces really nice exit velos. He gets nice launch angles that are conducive to getting hits. Not everything flies over the fence, as you could see. Seven home runs and 82 at-bats is I. It's not great, but he's got 15 doubles. The man drives gaps. That's an almost 1,800 OPS with this card. 0 for 3 on the 97 for me doesn't perturb me. It's a small sample size. But if you're looking for someone with just a comfortable swing, six foot one is a good size strike zone. He doesn't move a ton in the box, plays a lot of different positions with good speed and fielding. Taylor Ward, you should use. I promise you, it will be worth your time to use him. Excuse me, I got the burps. I, I just ate dinner, so I'm kind of like hiccup burpy. You know that feeling? Uh, but I digress. We go to the Royals now. We're going to start talking about another position that I think is a little underwhelming right now if you don't have Derek Jeter or Trey Turner. We're going to talk about Bobby Witt Jr., his 97 Charisma card. I learned that I am an enormous fan of Bobby Witt Jr.'s swing. I don't think I was as much last year. Maybe I just didn't give it enough of a chance. But this Bobby Witt card is a lot of fun to play with. Now, you look at him. 65 fielding off rip without the parallel. That's really bad. Maybe you want to DH the man instead of play him at shortstop. Honestly, I think third base is the best place for him right now. But 92 arm strength plays very well on the left side of the infield. He's, of course, 99 speed. The man's a burner. 122 clutch is what makes this card so good. His contacts are just whatever. 100 contact right, 88 contact left. His power is okay. You know, 86 power right, 97 power left. His vision 97 is good, better than I thought it would be. But he's 122 clutch to start. I just like... Bobby Witt Jr.'s swing, I think it's similar to, to Taylor Ward in that it's just very standstill at the plate, very quick to the ball, generates good exit velo and good pop. I like guys who swing like that. If it's an inside fastball, he's not getting jammed. He can still turn on it because his swing is short and quick. Uh, in 36 at-bats, we're hitting 500, exactly, with a 526 OBP, six home runs, six RBIs. Hits a lot of leadoff stuff because I used him in the event and BR as a leadoff hitter. Uh, two doubles, 18 total hits. I don't know what else to say. I mean, Bobby Wood Jr. is a very good card. He doesn't get a lot of respect. Uh, again, if you want to play him at shortstop, do it at your own risk. But he does at least have the arm strength to make up for maybe a slower reaction. Um, I don't know. Just use him. He's, he's very good. Now, this card... Where is he? There we go. Uh, Jeremy Pena, this card, might not qualify as much as an underrated Jeremy Pena and the next guy we're going to talk about kind of teeter right on that cusp of underrated versus like perfectly rated uh but it's my video so I don't care so I'm doing it anyway Jeremy Pena was my god squad shortstop until I got Jer uh, Derek Cheater as you can see on the top left I have him at p4 I, ju I just really like this card um at P4, he's got 99 fielding, 82 arm, 89 reaction. He gets to virtually everything. He's got 99 speed. 104 clutch is pretty good. It's not too much of a drop-off when he's got runners on base. Uh, well, at least from contact left where he's got 114. His contact right's at 93. Uh, 96 power, 106 power left. I think that plays higher. Uh, truthfully, I think when you barrel it up with Jeremy Pena, the ball is launched. Uh, 91 vision's pretty good. It's not great. I just, for some reason, really started stroking it with Jeremy Pena. Pause. Uh, last year, Jeremy Pena card sucked. I think they tinkered with his swing. 
You could also use this card at second base if you'd like. Totally your prerogative to put him at shortstop, second, or third. But because shortstop and second base are weak, I do think those are his two best positions. Um, just give this card a chance. I mean, in two, 235 at-bats, that's a lot of at-bats. That's a lot, a lot of events grinding. We're hitting 430 with 38 ding-dongs and 63 ribs. Uh, 1,500 OPS, 101 hits. Just a really fun, good card. I like the cards, too, that especially now with the way fielding is, it's not an automatic out if you hit it on the ground. Guys with a little bit of speed, you hit those ground balls in the holes, you might run something out. Uh, I like Jeremy Pena a lot. I think at this point where I am in the game with Derek Jeter, Trey Turner, even Chipper, I think, can still play short. I think Pena's phased out for me. He's still a fun event pick. Uh, if he comes up in BR, maybe I'll take him depending on, you know, what the rest of the round looks like, but he's not a Passover like last year for me, like he might have been. Just a very good card, a very free card, um, and just, you know, just go get him or go use him. You probably have him already. The next one, as I said, uh, is all, oh, was actually also on the Astros, LOL. Uh, Kyle Tucker. This 99 World Baseball Classic Kyle Tucker is 76000 by now, so he's expensive. Maybe that's why I think he's partially underrated because he's expensive and not a lot of people use him. Outfield's always a deep position. Um, I've only used him in six at-bats in BR. I'm hitting 667 with two homers. That's too small of a sample size. But I just look at this card and every Kyle Tucker card is always super, super balanced. 64 speed might not be incredible, but 94 base running aggressiveness means he's going to cut those bases beautifully. And he's going to get a lot of first to thirds. He's going to score from second on a lot of singles. 86 field, 84 arm, 87 accuracy, 74 reaction. He is great in the outfield. Right field mostly. Left field secondly. Don't put him in center. Uh, you need speed this year in center field. Real, real bad. Uh, 109 clutch. I actually think they dicked him a little bit on clutch. I think he should have more clutch. But 109 clutch is perfectly fine. 116 contact right, 100 power right. Those play perfectly together. 98 contact left I think is a little funny because he handles lefties pretty well. But 98 contact left, 115 power left is great. Uh, 109 vision's really good. His swing is crispy. If you love left-handed swings, he's great. Six foot four is a little bit big of a strike zone, but I think it plays okay. I'm just a large fan of Kyle Tucker cards. It's a shame every time they come out, they're kind of immediately outclassed by something else. But this is, I think it's underrated. You might disagree with me, or maybe if you have him, you can back me up here. Put it in the comments if you like this Kyle Tucker card. I am a fan. But like I said, he's, he's phased out for me. I have a good outfield. I don't need Kyle Tucker right now. It's kind of a shame. But if he comes up in a BR round, I will happily take him with that first pick, that 99 overall pick, and uh, hopefully get flawless. We got three of them so far this year, so we're, we're pushing. We're pushing. Uh, we got two more, and they're actually, again, both on the same team, but thank God not Houston, because... I don't need to talk about Houston anymore. The Pirates, as of recording, they're 20 and 9. The effing Pirates are 20 and 9. Uh, Andy Rodriguez, switch hitting catcher. We always love that. Who can also play second, left, and right. Interesting that he can play second. He has 36,000 on the buy now. Not cheap, not expensive, kind of somewhere in that middle range. Uh, he is kind of sort of a diet Jorge Posada in that he's a switch hitter. Uh, and he is, he's a better fielder with a better arm and more speed, of course. But as a bat, he is virtually the same. as for, Well, on a scalable way, if that makes sense. He is better against lefties contact-wise. So is Jorge. He is better against uh, righties power-wise. So is Jorge. Plus, he's a switch hitter. He's got a nice swing. Six feet tall is a good size strike zone. Um, where this card 
is hurting is clutch. He starts out at 79 clutch. Uh, that is that is that is rough. That is not good. But if you're playing on All Star, that's it's not going to be a big deal. The PCI size does not matter as much on All Star veteran, etc. Um, 83 vision or 82 vision to start is also not incredible. We can get past that. I use him in uh, BR. Hit 524 in 21 at bats, two homers, four doubles, 1500 OPS. Doesn't have a ton of pop in my opinion, but the swing does generate very nice line drive power. Um, I enjoyed using him in that little bit of time that I did, and I think as a budget catcher, if you're struggling to find somebody at the position, you can do a lot worse than Andy Rodriguez. I mean, he's a sw switch hitters are always valuable, and if you can find one who catches icing on the cake, Andy Rodriguez is a lot easier to get than Jorge Posada. If you don't feel like grinding Battle Royale, he's certainly cheaper than Jorge Posada. Give him a try. Uh, and lastly, this is this is the weirdest one. Josh Harrison, boys and girls. Josh Harrison, he's a third base primary, but you could throw that out the window because he plays every position but catcher and, of course, pitcher. Um, <laughs> it's amazing that we're talking about this card. He's got a very nice 69 speed, 93 fielding, 67 arm, means you're only going to play him. I don't even want to play him at third base. I'd only play him at first and second and maybe left field, but probably not. 87 reactions, good. 95 accuracy is good, so at least he's going to make the throws. Uh, but what we love here is that he's a bench piece for all of his versatility, for his 125 contact left, and 125 clutch. His 125 clutch means if you bring him up with a runner at second or third, his contacts are max. His power, no, it's not good. 65 power right, 54 power left. But if you're just in need of, you know, I hate saying you should play for a sack fly. Kind of seems like you're giving up. But if you had a tough game at the plate and you really, 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 really got to get that runner home from third with less than two outs, you're just trying to hit the ball on the ground or get a sack fly, put somebody up there with a big-ass PCI, that's Josh Harrison. Um, it seems weird to waste a bench piece for that purpose, but we also don't really use the bench anymore with the way the lineups are currently built and the DH in the game and things like that. Uh, Josh Harrison has a nice swing. He's tiny little strike zone, so you might work some walks. Um... It's a really niche card. It's a really kind of fun, silly card. It's a charisma card. Josh Harrison's a cool guy. Uh, it's not for everybody. It's definitely for players who maybe struggle at the plate or players who are not really far through the game, certainly on a Pirates theme team or he's been on a lot of teams. Whatever theme team you're building, he probably belongs on it. Uh, but Josh Harrison, <laughs> kind of a throwaway card at the time, but here he's actually pretty good. He's not bad. I would not draft him in BR because BR you're going for power. But I used him in whatever event he was eligible for, and I hit 625 and 8 at-bats. So, maybe he was okay. You know, two doubles. He didn't hit any homers, so he's not supposed to. Um, but Josh Harrison's kind of fun. That's the moral of the story. Give him a shot. Guys, I feel like I haven't done a video like this in a while. With, like, not card... I guess this was kind of card reviews, right? I mean, in a different type of sense. Uh, but more of just, like, a here's some advice type of thing. I usually just yell at the game and give you guys my angry opinions, but I might as well give you some advice from time to time. If you enjoyed this video, this podcast app, like it, comment, tell someone about me, leave a five-star review. And again, I cannot stress this enough. Next week's episode, if all goes according to plan, is going to be, it's going to be my all-time favorite. I can already tell it's going to be incredible. We are interviewing somebody who uh, is a person, and that'll leave it at that, because I don't want to spoil it. I want you guys to be... 
uh, listening with virgin ears or watching with virgin eyes. I almost said watching with virgin ears. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, and before I say something else stupid, I'm going to go. So thank you guys for listening. I love you all so much. You will see me on YouTube all week, and I will see you on the podcast world next time.